We are all connected. So join me as I talk to like-minded people about topics that are appropriate to the current times we are living in. My name is Lerato Shabalala and this is Relevant. Hey everyone, hello, happy new year. Um, I laugh because I'm saying happy new year, but my uh, guest actually has a giant Christmas tree that she hasn't let down. And you know what? Who cares? We're living through a pandemic. Every day needs to be Christmas. We need to be happy all the time that we are alive, that we have made it. Um, we know we are in the midst of a second wave, but those of us who are around are around. And let's give our lives everything. Let's give 2021 absolutely everything we've got. I am so excited to speak to my guest um, today. She is... Um, a feminist. I think she's an unapologetic uh, feminist. She is a financial guru. She is a mama. She is a friend. She's a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, and also an author. I am so excited to speak to founder of the next chapter partners, TNC partners. Samke, how are you? I'm very well, thanks to you, Loretta, and Happy New Year to you too. And I am not taking down my Christmas tree <laughs> until we have a vaccine because what has changed with our lives? So I'm sorry if I'm still going to be spending my days within these four walls. I want it to look like a fairy tale. I don't yes. care who's judging me. I am not taking down my tree until we're allowed back outdoors again full time. <laughs> we must be festive. I think some of the thing that we've learned um, in the last year and probably the coming year or so is every moment is a joyful moment and don't let people steal your joy. That tree makes me happy. I'm, I'm so keep it girl, please keep it. So Samke, there's so much to talk about. One of the reasons why you're one of the first people I wanted to kick off the year with is because um, our finances as human beings are very um, important in general. However, as women and in particular, African women, women of color, we have just not been given the breadth of showing the extent of what we can do when it comes to our finances. More than that, um, and I think something you'll agree that there's a lack of education that um, is um, missing actually from um, financial training for women. And ring fence, ring fence for me is chiclet, but financial chiclet, but like African chiclet, but like affluence, but like romance, but like travel, but like everything. So I want to know what made you go, I want to tell the story. I actually want to to, to get people to um, learn about these four women and in turn, in a way, learn about you also. Um, so you're absolutely right in terms of um, finances and women. Uh, we know that uh, women are economically marginalized, still financially excluded, still um, we know that in South Africa, for instance, the black female is the most likely over indebted. And you're absolutely right in saying that um, there is a gap in terms of financial literacy. And remember that um, men and women have different learning styles. So many people would argue that there isn't actually a gap because there's a wealth of knowledge available from um, traditional finance platforms, finance magazines, even uh, the rise of TikTok investors now, although I would caution that people 
people um, <laughs> um, you know <laughs> take that as a little bit of, a, of salt but yeah. um, you know that was the point of Ring Fence, to actually try and fill the gap in financial literacy for women in a learning style that we understand. So, of course, I could have very easily written a financial book, you know, saying, if you want to buy a house, these are the steps to follow. But I thought that why not make it anecdotal? Why not wrap it in a story, a very luxurious and, and fancy and fabulous story, so that it's easier to get through the content? Um, I sort of made a cottage pie, if you'd like, out of financial literacy <laughs> by mixing and hiding the veggies in between all the yummy mashed potato. And in this case, it's all the yummy champagne and all the, the travel that the girls do. Um, but if you look at a woman's life, the two biggest events, uh, or rather the two events that have the biggest negative financial impact on a woman's life is death and divorce. And the book, Ring Fence, actually covers those two scenarios quite extensively within the context of real life so that you can actually see it happening. Uh, the aim of the book was to say, if you haven't walked this path. This is how you can identify potential scenarios so that you are smarter in your handling of them. If you have, if you are currently in, in this environment, here's something that can help you better navigate your way out of it. Or if you have gone past it, here's a way for you to reflect on how far you've come. But also one of the characters, Kaya, does show us what it looks like when you are making it um, on the other side. In her instance, um, I don't want to put a spoiler, but you know the type of uh, relationship she had, but yeah. also the character Lolo, who does, um, you know, successfully leave her marriage. But the reality of being a single black woman in Africa, oh. where economic opportunities are not as freely available, or if they are available, they usually come with terms and conditions that are negotiated in the boardroom, in the bedroom and not the boardroom. Girl, I mean, so it's, it's interesting to me that you speak about Kaya, because She's the character that a lot of women have um, identified um, with. And um, I know that a lot of the inspiration for the book is inspired by your own life. So this is an unfair question to ask an author, I know. Um, but when you look at Runako, Lolo, uh, Nala, Kaya, is there one woman that you feel like you relate the most to in terms of your story or the inverse? Do you feel like you are like, they, they're all like Shaka Khan, like they are a part of you, one of them, some part of them is a part of you in some, in some shape or form? I think we all relate to all the women um, at different stages of my life, of our lives. And I've actually had a number of readers say, um, I can't pick a favorite because I've actually been one of these characters at different parts of our lives. <laughs> yes. And so, um, yeah, it would have been very easy for me to write, I think we, we, we tend to be tempted to tell our own stories or, you know, write a memoir. I would have also loved to have a book with my face on the cover <laughs> and, you know, becoming something stronger. But at the end of the day, I thought to myself, some get there's yes you've been through a lot but you haven't been through it all and when i looked at what some of my other friends were going through i thought that their stories are just as relevant um yeah. and it, it, it's not that um you know and they may not be told because they don't have the public profile that i have but that doesn't take away from the relevance of their story so instead of writing um you know a singular narrative about my life why not write up many uh, characters lives so that we actually actually encompass the different scenarios you can find yourself in as a woman. And so I really wanted Ring Fence to be more about the story and the lessons than about the author, which is why you'll see that my author name is actually 
quite small on the cover and it's even in, in, in small lap letters. It's not in caps lock like many authors because I wanted you to focus on the story as opposed to yeah. focusing on the author. Yeah, I mean, it, there are a lot of things that you did that were intentional. I mean, the fact that the ring is not shot from above and it's actually, obviously it goes with um, the, the title of the book itself, but also the intention of focusing on the ring as opposed to the diamond and how big it is, and th- which is what we essentially do. Now, during this time, you chose, um, let me start with this. You chose Josina M- M- Marshall to write the foreword for your book. And during this time of the COVID-19, we've had cases of GBV rise higher, not only in South Africa, but all over the world, including countries like Turkey. And the toxic masculinity that we are faced with as women has really come up to the fore. And what I know personally from personal experience as well is that we love the idea of the ring and getting married and oh my god he's the one and we're gonna be happy and we're gonna station wagon and get a nice house and then life happens and (laughs) and what i've learned is that money can get in the way money can help you move you forward but it can also get in the way so what did divorce teach you because I know from my own experience that when you are in love and you come together it's wonderful but that separating of finances whoa whoa I mean somebody should have prepared me and I I I was not uh, married but (laughs) I it felt like I was so death and divorce two things that we don't want to admit as human beings and you find yourself faced with the opposite of love, of the ring, of the diamond. What did you do, Samke? How, how did you, what did you learn about yourself in order to produce Ukaiya, Ulolo? You know, what did you learn about yourself? Because, shoo, girl, you're not just teaching us about finances on the radio. You are like, you are helping us get through some heavy stuff. Finances don't exist in isolation. Money in and of itself is of no value. It's yeah. what money can do, which is what matters. Exactly. So um, for me, the, the, the finance dynamic is actually a power dynamic. How much power do you have in your relationship to leave an abusive relationship, to get what's due to you should you decide to leave, to actually fulfill your own purpose and your own destiny? So um, I actually pulled a copy of Ring Fence just to uh, double check my, my page. But when you ask me about um, what uh, divorce taught me, uh, I'd like you to go to page 133 and you'll know that each of the chapters actually have an, a, a proverb. And the proverb on page 133 says, do not set sail on someone else's star. And that's what we tend to do as women. We tend to base our lives on our husbands or our spouses trajectories, forgetting our own trajectories, our own stars and our own directions in life. So I absolutely love marriage. I'm looking to get married again. I'm a big lover of love. But if that love takes me away from my purpose or asks me to step away from my direction and my purpose, then that love is not the type of love for me. And I don't want anyone having to settle for love for economic benefit, which is, again, the advent of marriage. Marriage was an economic uh, construct, okay? People got married for economic reasons, 
for status reasons and not for love. And of course, there's some cultures that can say, you know, love is an illusion, happiness is an illusion, you'll learn to love each other. I am so sorry. <laughs> and I know for myself that um, I, I, I don't know who I was when I got married. I had recently lost my father. Um, I, I, had, I, had, I was a teenage mom. Well, I had a teenage pregnancy and I based my childhood dreams on my decision. My childhood dreams and desires were to have had grown up in a nuclear family with both mom and dad. So when I made the decision to keep my baby and marry my ex-husband, that was driven not by the situation at hand, but by the baggage I was carrying from my childhood. And that's why with the characters, you actually see a lot of their childhood play out in how they make their financial decisions and their um, romantic decisions. Yeah. So I actually consulted with a clinical psychologist to say, do these characters make sense from childhood right to the very last page mm -hmm. so that you can start picking out a pattern in your potential spouse and more importantly, in your own actions to identify those, those behaviors that don't suit and don't serve you. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because what I learned in the last year is my relationship with money is has had a direct uh, correlation with who I date, who I'm with. And one of the things you say is that a woman along with uh, black shoes needs a good lawyer. Um, I think you also say a good advisor. And one of the things you say is that a woman needs a good psychologist. Now, let me tell you, when I saw that, I was like, girl, you better preach. I'm about to stand up and shout right now. Let me tell you why. <laughs> because I didn't understand how my childhood, how I was raised, was influencing who I was choosing and why I was choosing them. And that, my relation, that the relationship I saw my mom and dad have with money <laughs> directly affected what I thought partnerships were about. And so I have made the biggest blunders. And please, I can understand I'm not trashing any of the guys I've, I've been with because it's about me. It has nothing to do with them. It's about my childhood, where I come from. So I, I learned the direct uh, relationship between our relationships and money. Why do you think, uh, you know, it's a good advisor who can be a friend or a pastor a lawyer, but why do you think the understanding our psychosis is so important to improving not only our relationships, but our relationship with money as women? I would strongly advise on a uh, clinical psychologist, so someone who will actually apply the science of psychology when helping you assess your behaviors, as opposed to someone who will apply their own biases or their own experience or their own religions. Yeah. So I really would, yes, have a pastor, yes, have friends you can rely on. But if you are intentional about getting to the root cause of uh, why you've adopted certain biases and prejudices, then I would encourage you to take a scientific approach, i.e., you know, go with a registered uh, psychologist. Now, the reason it has such a a, um, an impact on our relationship is because this is where our view of the world is formed. Mm -hmm. Remember that um, mm -hmm. there's a, a saying that, you know, the world isn't as, the, the world is as you see it, right. right? We can go through, there is no such thing as truth. There's only a set of events and it's our interpretation of those events. Um, I always say we're always a bitch in someone's story. So mm -hmm. I've let go of uh, the dream of being um, considered nice by people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, 
There are some people that will stand for me and say Samke is the absolute best, biggest heart. And some people will say, I cannot stand her. She's a waste of time. I don't understand the fascination. And I've learned to live with both uh, as long as I'm living my truth. Because consistency, if it buys you nothing else, will buy you respect. And yeah. I'm at the phase of my life where I want respect. So where I'm going with this is you need to first accept and understand that you have biases and prejudices, which are not the truth, but are your perception. And that perception can either serve uh, to actually serve you positively or to actually be to your destruction. Okay. And you see that in everything, it has a pattern. Your spending behavior, whether you can effectively lose weight or not, because that is linked to your ability to budget and save because it's, an, it's a manifestation of discipline, right? right? Even your relationships, you can't say, oh, men are trash, men are abusive. Who are you attracting? And how are you making that selection? Okay. So once you start looking at you with regards to your relationships, and these relationships are your colleagues, your friends, and even romantic relationships, look at um, your wealth, your, your financial health, look at your spirituality and look at your physical health, because those are the four elements of, of, of happiness, right? Mm. Your physical health, your wealth, your spirituality, and your relationships, and mm. all forms of relationships. Then you can start picking out the patterns and seeing if you're not happy with the picture, what's the common denominator? You. you. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said I don't blame anybody I have been with because it has all been a lesson for me. It was never about them. It was never about, it was always about me, Samke, always. And now at 40, I finally understand that, that, oh, sis, like, ain't nothing to do with them. You have got to get together with yourself. So as a financial expert, as a, an entrepreneur, as a mom, um, and as a woman, what do you think are the four or five mistakes that women make when it comes to love and relationships that we can see played out in the book? Because I have a feeling, <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that all of us, there, there's a thread. There's certain things we do that we have blind spots to, um, that you think there's a woman watching this right now who needs to hear you tell them their blind spots. And since this is a, whoever you are, who needs this, this is a PSA for you and for me, because we've all had this moment. What are those blind spots? What are those mistakes that we make that we, as women, when it comes to money and relationships that we need to be aware of? Okay, so I'm actually going to base it on um, five of the chapters in the book that I've literally just uh, chosen randomly because each chapter actually encapsulates financial legal lessons. But if you go to the contents page, even the chapter titles actually have hidden meanings. So um, the first lesson or the first mistake I would say I would base on chapter one, which is once upon a time, we live a fairy tale life. We put our head in the sand and think that things will sort themselves out. Things will work themselves out. I've prayed, I've lit two candles, now just sit and manifest. No, manifestation is the combination of prayer, writing down your goals, and then working for those goals. Exactly. It's intentional, right? Exactly. So we, we tend to gloss over issues. We tend to avoid issues and hope that uh, they'll somehow work themselves out, okay? One of the, the, the quotes in the book says, do not stand in a place of danger praying for miracles. We tend... <laughs> actually put ourselves in situations that are dangerous and then people just fast our way through it we need to stop that okay we need wisdom and yes. god says he's 
does not have wisdom must pray for it and he'll be given wisdom, okay? So we need to start acting wise. And um, that's the first mistake. We gloss over things. We, 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 we avoid scenarios. We avoid taking charge. Number two, I would based on uh, chapter three, which is the mother wound. Um, a lot of us don't talk about trauma from our mothers. A lot of us don't talk about uh, pain from our mothers, absent mothers. Um, abusive relationships with our mothers. And uh, you know the scenario, uh, what happened with Nala and her mother and the pent-up anger her mother had towards Nala's father even, but it manifested manifested in her um, relationship with Nala. So I think number two is us to actually go back to our childhood traumas Mm. And to let go of those biases and prejudices that don't serve us, uh, that's another mistake we make as women. And, um, you know, that childhood trauma can also uh, usually manifest in also our uh, uh, daddy issues. You know, looking for fathers in our partners as opposed to looking for partners in our partners. <laughs> <Yes. Okay. laughs> um, the third mistake, which is the title of chapter eight, Sixpence in her shoe. Now we all know the saying, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And this is basically an, idi an idiom to say what a bride must take with her into her, into her marriage. A lot of people don't know that, that that saying or that idiom ends with and sixpence in her shoe. So sixpence in a shoe, um, the, the old uh, uh, Anglo-Saxon people that came up with this quote said, a bride must always go with sixpence in her shoe in case she needs to leave that marriage. I.e., she must always enter the marriage with the resources to leave that marriage. Tina, we enter the marriage looking for the resources <laughs> to leave, okay? Make marriage an economic plan. And so I say, go in already having established yourself. Go in already, you know, owning that first property or having established your career so that if you decide to be a housewife, great. But if you need to get back into the workforce, like Lola found herself having to do, you are actually adequately equipped to do so in a way that affords you the life you want for yourself, all right? So mm -hmm. that's another mistake we make. We, we enter into marriage as the, 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 as an economic resource as opposed to building our own economic resources before entering into marriage. Um, mistake number four, which is chapter 10, casas in the sky. We know the saying castles in the sky, but Lolo decided to build her casa, her home in the sky. And we know how she was very unceremoniously kicked out of her home when her marriage didn't work out. And we have so many scenarios like that um, from our parents. Have you secured even the roof above your head? I don't know how many women live in homes where the man is like, if you don't do that, you can get out of my house. Sis, <laughs> I, I know about securing the bag, secure the roof. Okay. Yes. It's so painful to have someone threaten you with something as, as, as basic as shelter. So, and that's another reason why many women tend to stay in abusive relationships. So don't build your castles in the sky. Make sure you always have an exit plan. Make sure you always can stand up on your own feet, regardless of how wealthy your man is. Again, do not set sail on someone else's star. And then finally, mistake number five, which is chapter 13, titled Inner Eniola. Find your inner Eniola. Now, uh, we know in that chapter, uh, Kaya gets named in Yola by the waitresses at uh, Federal Palace, a hotel. And basically, they said, you are a woman of wealth. And she said, no, but I'm broke, I'm poor, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel wealthy. They said, no, you, you are the wealth. It's you. It's yeah. not what you wear. It's not what you drive. It's you. So um, I've taken a decision to not wear name brands or visible labels because, you know, some people have power bestowed upon them by labels. Some people breathe power into, you know, the clothes, clothes yes. that they wear. So yes. I know that because 
I am of value. I am worthy. I can wear anything. I can be riding on the bus, honey. And yes. I will still sit up straight back, okay? Exactly. And, uh, ask you very quickly, would you, would you require some change? Because <laughs> I am the value. I don't yes. get it from outside uh, factors. So another mistake we make as women is that we tend to not see our value. And then um, only later on do we reflect and say, oh, but I gave up so many of my dreams for him. I slowed down my career for him. Why? Why didn't you go for your dreams? Why didn't you fulfill your career? So we need to take accountability for ourselves. And uh, truthfully speaking, if I had um, gone even five or 10 years ahead in my career and really reached my peak before deciding to choose a partner, I would have chosen a partner based on very different values and fundamentals because I would know that he is the uh, custodian and the companion to all this value that the world needs. And so I would have made that decision based on very, very different fundamentals. Um, and those are the five mistakes that I would say we make as women. I think that is amazing. One of the things I want to say to you before we wrap up is that for me, Ukaiya suffers from serious imposter syndrome. And I think a lot of women um, have uh, imposter syndrome where you feel like you don't belong in that space. And this is why Uzo Zibini said to us, take up space. It is because we constantly have that um, imposter syndrome. We're not sure about ourselves. We're always wondering about this. And as uh, the first, the quote in the first chapter says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And that is a quote by George Harrison. Everybody, this uh, amazing book called Ring Fence by Samke Esmachong is available at Exclusive Books. And I think it take a lot as well. Hey, um, Not yet, not okay. yet on take a lot, um, but definitely Definitely exclusive books and bargain books. Please do phone ahead because stock is definitely moving fast. So some stores are uh, sold out. Some stores are waiting for orders. Please do phone ahead. But you can also get it online. We'll deliver to your door because, you know, I don't want people going out unnecessarily. Oh, so we'll yeah. deliver to your door if you order on www.ringfenceonline.com. Ringfenceonline.com. Ringfenceonline.com. You can order your copy. Learn the amazing stories of these South African women who um, I must say, what I love is that you've put every person from every background, from affluent to middle class, and we all converge in, in real life. And it makes sense that we converge in this book as well. I think what you have done, what you continue to do for black women, which is to educate us, help us understand our finances, our relationships, uh, how we feel about ourselves, and that we are the magic, we are the magic, we are the thing, we are the women that we think we are, and you, Samke, are the women that you think you are. Thank you for being you. Um, all the blessings and safety for 2021. And um, guys, get stuck in, it's a great book. It's a great, great book. Samke, thank you so very, very much for um, gracing with your presence on uh, Relevant. Thank you for the invitation. I'm so absolutely humbled and thank you for the feedback and uh, for taking time to read that. It's a thick book. Yeah. Okay? 395 pages. You know, it's, you need to put aside time. So thank you for honoring my work with your time. I appreciate that. Thank it you. is my absolute pleasure. Remember, it's available in exclusive books. It is ringfenceonline.com. If you want to get the book, have it ordered. It can come to your house very safe. And she is on the socials on Twitter as well as Instagram. Find her. She's stylish. Her life is amazing. You will have jealousy. 
and um, all the best, Samkit. Thank you for being you.